three, two, one. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. One, well, guys, we're back. We're back. Yeah, we're still here. Yeah, why are we holding things? I don't know. I was holding a coat hanger because I'm stressed, and then you grabbed something. Dental case, page one. I hope they're still okay at Ryerson right now. Sure. Great coffee uh, shop. Man, uh, where's guys, that? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's near. Yeah. Uh, it's like behind the metro. No, he's never gone there. I have. No- oh, I know exactly. Yeah, what you're talking it's like a about. small place. Nice people. I, I've never been there, but I know of it. Yeah. Small place, good people, good service. Um, guys. We're here to talk about hockey. Of course we are. I'm looking at the Google Doc. Alex is there, and there is an anonymous jackal. Probably Daniel. Daniel, what are you doing? Or Harmon Dial. I don't know. No, doesn't <laughs> Dial happen. jackal? That doesn't rhyme like I thought. No. Guys, I think, like, yeah, if you're looking Mike at... Mike the jackal. I, no, Mike the jackal. Um, if you're looking at the video version of the show on YouTube, which everyone should check out, I, I think I look very tired. Because, like, the Italian – it's 11, 12 a.m., but we just – like, the Italian Grand Prix just finished. Yeah. Oh, I'm – oh, Pierre. Pierre! Okay, wait, wait. Just – okay. Uh, yell, like, in three, two, one. Pierre! <laughs> Let's go! He's French, and I love him. Man, what a story for Pierre. What a rough year. He finally gets a chance at Red Bull. They throw him to the side even though their car is kind of crap and it takes a generational talent to get it going like Verstappen. You know, it's, you know what we talked about like last week, his friend Antoine passed away during that freak accident in Spa last year. Um, he gets burglarized. He gets sent back to Toro Rosso. Does have that incredible second place at Brazil last year. Comes back this year. He's easily one of the best drivers on the grid. And then today, because of a, a red flag from a Leclerc crash, his best friend causing this red flag, Pierre gets the chance, gets the lead, holds off Carlos Sainz, and he wins. And after the race, everyone's congratulating him. Roman Grosjean is there. Leclerc comes wearing his jeans because he's upset they just lost. Move over, Ferrari. Move over. The Tafosi are all about AlphaTari. Let's go, Pierre. I don't even think they have a, a Ferrari engine. No, they That's have a, the they must have a, a Ferrari Honda. shell. They only. have a Honda. Yeah. Oh yeah, Honda. That's yeah. why we love them. Yeah, Honda. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Listen, Alex Albon. I'm just, I'm just pointing this out there. Alex Albon has give, been given plenty of chances, if not more. He's just playing the than consistency Pierre, game. Then Pierre consistently not good. Is that no, the consistency this, game we're playing? It's it's the consistency, like you know, it's like the the early Nathan McKinnon years, and then he just breaks out. You know. Yeah, but at least guys. Nathan McKinnon was like good. Like no, I, he had like, like every week that there's one a year. different. Every week there's a different issue. Listen, I, I like Albon. I do, mm. um, but I love Pierre Gasly. Also, 
The McLaren, a great weekend. Carlos signed second place on that mm, podium. Mm, mm. Uh, second and fourth. Always like the guy. Ever since he got groceries as a McLaren, I'm like, I'm sold on this guy. <laughs> he didn't know where the boot of his car was. <laughs> oh, I, I love I love that. And, uh, of course, on third, third on the podium, the French-Canadian Lance Stroll. Let's go. You we love- talk about him a lot. Yeah, we do. And then Lewis was like dead. We don't care about it. Lewis was complaining to the stewards, even though he had a race. You know. It wasn't his day. No, it wasn't. And I think we he finished eighth. Something like that. We could use less Lewis Hamilton top finishes, to be honest, to make this year more interesting. It is. Oh, he finished seventh. He finished seventh. Yeah. They projected he could come back and and get sixth. So Daniel Ricciardo got a. Ah, Big Degrick held him off. You love to see it, the Aussie. All right, let's get into the the hockey now. We're on such a high, guys. Oh, my God. Okay, so we're hoping to show with this. Last night, um, we're going to start with the sort of headline. We're not going to have a power hour. We're going to have the, okay, let's talk about everything that Johnston and and Friedman brought up on headlines. (laughs) So the headline hour. That doesn't work. The headline Lineup. No, no, yeah. Okay. And, well, sure. Line hours. Sure. <laughs> Good enough. Chris Johnson started saying this piece of news with a smile and then he put it away. So, <laughs> NBC analyst and, and former former head coach at the Hartford Whalers, Daniel? I'm getting that right? Or was Jim he McGuire? Both- yeah. Yes. Like only for a little bit. Apparently he had like a problem with Pat Furbeek. But still, still. Of course yes, he did. Still. Yeah. Former of the Hartford Whalers and longtime analyst for NBC, Pierre Maguire, has apparently been in- interviewed twice for the Arizona GM job. We can't forget he was also world junior commentator, Pierre Maguire. Sure. I, and he ruined one of the best moments in Canadian hockey, like junior hockey history. I, I love the, the comments on that video. It's like, it was a rhetorical question, Pierre. Yeah. It's like, for, so for those of you who don't know, uh, what year was it, Daniel? That was 2009 because that was okay. last year they won before like they weren't winning anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was the year where Jordan Eberle, after a great play from John Tavares, ties the game up against the Russians in the dying seconds of the third period. Now, if you've ever watched hockey, you know that in big situations like an overtime winning or a massive tying goal, like the golden goal – from Chris Cuthbert, it's like, Sidney Crosby, the golden goal. And then you just let the energy of the crowd take it away. So Gordon Miller has the call, and Eberle ties it up, and it's like, Jordan Eberle, can you believe it? And the crowd is going nuts. And the moment Gordon is done talking, Pierre just goes, yes, I can, because Kalikin iced the puck. And he starts breaking down the play, which the color guy is not supposed to do until everything has been sorted out and laid low. But, Alex, we're going to get back to the fact that Pierre Maguire, who we've talked to, you, you've mentioned this before, has been in talks for jobs before, but a second interview for the Coyotes, and I thought they wanted to get the right guy. The league's a joke. The league's clearly a joke. Indeed. I don't understand how you willingly interview Peter Shirelli. I don't know how you willingly have Peter Shirelli as a finalist. And I don't know how you willingly uh, interview Pierre Maguire twice. I mean, Arizona is already a dumpster. It's already a dumpster. Mm -hmm. Like you're just making it worse. Peter Shirelli, 
I don't even know how to describe what he did to Edmonton because what he did was so bad. He wasted so many years of Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Daniel, your thoughts on this wild development? I think for me, you know, Pierre's a known commodity in the hockey circles that you go from one extreme to the other. So you go with the John Chica, the young, you know, the young advanced stats type of guy, and they try to do something new and go like, this is what Arizona wants to do. And then suddenly when it doesn't work out, it's kind of like they need a cleaner in a way. They're like, we need to get quote-unquote, a hockey mind that we all know and respect and try to fix things there. So that's how wait. I – the way I'm seeing like, – Wait, it, wait. On paper, on paper. Wait. Not, not, a, not, you know, not in, in reality. Wait but. a second. What – who respects Pierre Maguire as, as in, like, management? Sorry. I, he, he, you know what? There's people who love him as a color, color guy, and you know what? That's fine. Whatever. Who like there's who 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 enjoys this man as their coach or as their general manager? Wasn't he notoriously hated in Hartford? Yeah. Yeah, and you just said he had an issue with Verbeek, who was their captain. I'm assuming at the time. Yeah. I feel like there's a, this is an alleged thing. Like I don't know if it's confirmed, but apparently, uh, when Pierre Maguire got fired for that team. Pat Verbeek's like that's the best thing that happened to Hartford. Oh, and what's the what's the fate? The, the story Nick Kiprios told of they were down like four nothing versus the Montreal Canadiens one point when he was in Hartford, and Pierre went to them in the intermission. He's like, if we score a goal every five minutes, we're fine here. And then he scored like two minutes in, and Pierre is like, we're ahead of schedule, boys. Yeah, yeah. I'll find oh. see if I can find it. <laughs> you could like I don't know, you could just like you could just see him and hear him say something like that. <laughs> yeah, you could. <laughs> oh Pierre. There is that legendary article that just goes like through everything about him in Hartford. I don't know who wrote like at the top of my head, I don't remember who wrote it, but that's something uh that we should definitely look for. So apparently he was in the running for the GM job in Pittsburgh six years ago. Wow. Really? Well, he loves Sidney Crosby. He wanted a five-year contract. The old, listen. So who 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 would have been there? Who would have been their GM in 2014? Was that Ray Shiro? It That's- might have been the end of Ray Shiro. Was, was that? so apparently they wanted he wanted a five-year contract. The only reason they didn't hire him was because he want they didn't want to go more than three years. Uh, yeah, Shiro left in 2014 from Pittsburgh. I remember because that was the uh, James Neal to Nashville trade. I remember that was Jim Rutherford's first move. Imagine what he would have done to that team. I don't know, man. Um, Back-to-back cups? Absolutely not. I don't know. I don't think he would be as aggressive as Jim Rutherford. Like, no. I know that it's a winning formula. It's just sometimes I'm still shocked by his moves in a way, like or the, the frequency. Listen, we will um, – Rutherford's excited. Say what you want. The guy goes out and tries to win and improve his team. It's just sometimes you need to choose a different hill to die on, like hating Justin Schultz oh, and be. loving Jack Johnson. Uh, though we will move on to something that's probably, I'd say, a bit more crazy, I'd, I'd say. Um, not really crazy, but it, it's just 
there's nothing quite like the roller coaster that is Mike Babcock. So um, we've already heard names like LaViolette tied to the Capitals for their, G, uh, sorry, their head coach search. Apparently this week, again from uh, headlines, Gerard Gallant has been interviewed for that job. Yeah. Um, that'd be my front runner. And apparently, so is Mike Babcock. Bring back the Bab Sox. I don't know. They, they'd be red. They'd be red. I know. They'd be red now. They can't use the least one anymore. I don't think he'd be terrible. This is what's really – I was thinking about this. It wouldn't be the worst hire. Though, I'm thinking about, sure. like, they would have to pick up his sa- – or a percentage of his salary. And I'm thinking yeah. – and so you're going you're gonna to give that salary to Babs, but you couldn't work it out with Trotz, who is now going to the conference finals? Oh, it looks awful. Mm-hmm. It looks – devastatingly awful that you didn't give that money to Barry Trotz. Now, Adam, should we bring up that tweet I sent you last night? Cause I think, I think considering that tweet and um, what Mike Babcock could do, like I, I don't necessarily agree with everything Mike, but Mike Babcock did, right? The Mitch Marner thing, I think crossed the line, mm-hmm. but I think he, he can give a team a kick in the ass. Yeah. Right. I don't. Yeah. So let's, let's read. Let me read that. This is from Michael Russo. Cause everyone like that guy in Minnesota, this is like the Elliot Friedman of Minnesota. Yeah. Probably like the best beat reporter in the world right now for hockey. Yeah. Least is my- yeah. yeah. So uh, he was on the, the Russo hockey show. I think that's part of the athletic. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the stories from inside the bubble about the cops basically turning it into a vacation, having pool parties and things like that. You pretty much knew that they had no interest in being there. That's amazing. That's good. Yeah, that's funny. That's that, that kind of proves the point I was going to say that, you know, when they got rid of Barry Trotz, they went back to that kind of free-flowing kind of offense. Mm-hmm. That, you know, like, let the let the guy skate, let, you know, Ovechkin create the space he wants. And like, I agree that I think they need someone there now to kind of reel them back in mm-hmm. to uh, what, you know, Alex says about uh, what Mike Babcock can do. Like, the kind of figure he is, um, it'll give them more stability. Definitely not something that I don't think their offensive guys are going to probably take to right away. I remember that also happened with Adam Oates when he was there um, and Mark Hunter and – not Mark Hunter, Trent Hunter. Is it Dale Hunter? No, Dale Hunter. Sorry. Too many hunters. And, yeah, That's I think that could point. be like this. Yeah, there could be the same pattern going on right now. And uh, it worked with Bray Trotz there. Like, they won it. Do you think it's it's the actual hockey itself? Because I, I don't necessarily think I watched the Washington Capitals and said that's the down – like that would be the downfall of the Washington Capitals, right? Like I, I didn't see an issue with how they played. Like I think Ovechkin was – like Ovechkin. Like I, I think the way Todd Reardon coached them seemed to work for the Washington Capitals until the playoffs apparently. But off the ice, when you hear something like that, and I think, okay, would Barry Trotz let that happen? I'd have to think no. 
No, yeah. Just just my first thought. I don't know if you guys would agree or disagree with that. And you look at the names that they're throwing in, in there for who's the coach. I don't think Peter Laviolette would let that happen. I don't think Gerard Gallant would let that happen. And I most definitely don't think Mike Babcock would let that happen. And I think I think I'm not surprised something like this came out because the GM, as soon as Todd Reardon was fired, the GM said, we, we're going to go back. We're going to bring in a veteran coach. And, and now that this has, now that that's come out, this, it all connects. Like it connects the dots to me. I don't know about you guys. I would hope that any self-respecting coach would kind of reel on his players. And I think that's also the fault of the GM to kind of set like the like guys. I under, I I completely understand that being in the bubble probably sucks. Um, I, listen, I hate to bring it up again, but I'm getting my jaw surgery on Friday, mm-hmm. and like I'm supposed to be in the hospital for I think it's like two days, and I can't have anyone come to visit me, right? Sorry, man, we can't. Like visit that's me. gonna suck, yeah. and I can't imagine what it's like for these guys. That, like we're gonna get some news about family members in the bubble in a second here, but like. I get being in the bubble blows and like probably the best thing they're able to do is go to BMO field and play Frisbee. But I, I mean, remember the trouble that, re- and this is funny about Laviolette. I see, I can't remember if, it, if he was the coach at the time, but Nashville, when it was like um, Radulov and Kostitsin got in trouble for partying the night before yeah. the game. I mean, like, I love Ovi. I love Kovalchuk. I love all those guys. Kuznetsov looks especially bad in this too. Because, um, you know, what happened earlier in the year with it? Alleged instances, yeah. Alleged. It was video proof. <laughs> the league suspended him. I think it's past alleged. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's just um, – it's, it's shocking. I laughed at it because it's just so shocking to see. But I really do hope the Caps – and it's, it's terrible to say this when Ovechkin's like nearly mid-30s. You really hope they kind of learn from that and like – take it a bit seriously because again this is the playoffs people fight you know I look at some of the faces of the guys who lost um like Nathan McKinnon when the avalanche got eliminated the look on his face was like dagger twist you can tell it hurt Thatcher Demko yeah that guy looked devastated Mm -hmm. and he played two games do you think the Capitals got complacent like they're like you know you know we've won before we could do this again and they didn't have that hunger who were the Islanders? You think maybe that happened when they faced the Carolina Hurricanes as well? They got their cup. They're fat and happy. OB scoring 50 goals still. Maybe Mike Babcock is the answer. Maybe Ovechkin's not the leader we thought. No, no, no. That's a, that's a fair point. Hey, like you can't if, – if – yeah, like I, I think Daniel makes a really good point. You can't let that happen. If you're the captain of this team – like if you want to win a cup, listen. Ovechkin is a per- he has a personality and he has a very big voice on that team. If he doesn't want that to happen, that won't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't have a Stanley Cup hangover for two years, <laughs> especially after the way they celebrated that first win. Um, I want to, see, you know, what I'm excited to watch actually the Alex to Ov series once it's yeah. all good because man, there's a Fascinating player in Alexander Ovechkin. Love a guy. Scores. Um, funny guy. Throw some big hits. Um, and big hits are always a fun thing to look at. Except when you catch someone in the head like Ryan Reeves did. 
Um, in Game Seven versus the Canucks, he he caught um, Tyler Mott. Sorry, it's Taylor. Yeah, it is Tyler Mott. Tyler. Tyler. Um, and it resulted in him getting a one-game suspension. He did get thrown out of that game. Vancouver got a five-minute power play. He didn't do anything with it and would lose that game. Um, but Ryan Reeves, one-game suspension. What do we think of that result? We'll start with you, Alex, because I know that Alex and I always like talking about player safety, even though I don't think uh, it's going to be a very loud discussion. But I don't – yeah, like I, I don't necessarily have an issue with it because I know how they factor playoff games. And it's, I know Burke's talked about before it's three, like three or four regular season games is one playoff game. So I, I, I'm, I guess I'm okay with it. I I know there's been lots of discussion on it. Uh, Listen, man, like you can't have, don't, you can't move the goalposts and you can't have, the best of both worlds. That's just not possible. If it's a hit in the head, it's a hit. Or if it's a hit to the head, it's a hit to the head. Do you want hits to hits the head in hockey? Yes or no? If your answer is yes, then this is a suspendable hit. Or if your answer is no, sorry, I screwed myself up there. If your answer is no, then that's a suspendable hit. Like it's, I don't care if I played the game or not. It's at this point, it's science. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel. Uh, two things. So on the serious note, yeah, it was a greasy hit, um, you know, right to the head. I love Tyler Mott, you know, solid NCAA guy back when he was with the Blackhawks. And yeah, you know, like it's an expected thing from Ryan Reed for something like this to happen, especially in the heat of the game in the uh, elimination game. And I don't look the one game for what transpired. I think I agree with it. I think they got the call right on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, second, and this is just, Remind me of something when Alex said "best of both worlds." It reminded me of Hannah Montana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, I, I, I was thinking, I'm okay. Oh I'm happy that I, I'm not the only person that thought that. But yeah, on the serious note, like I think they called, they got the call right. If we play "best of both worlds," are we gonna get a copyright strike? Probably, probably. probably yeah. I think Miley Cyrus cares about Hannah Montana anymore. Well, it's YouTube. Okay, I can't. I can't do anything. <laughs> true, true. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> you know what? I, I think I'm fine with one game. Um, cause I don't think there was any sort of, you know, intent to it. Uh, it's just the lineup was really bad on it. Um, and like, cause you could see that I think with Stastny, it was already kind of tying up with Mott. So it, it just, it was rough. And the way Friedman put it on, on uh, the intermission right afterwards was, was, cause he always very much goes by the rule book of it. And he also think. He said, like, I've wasted a lot of time watching the videos of the release of player safety with their explanations. Is Like, was the hit avoidable? Yeah, it was. I think that's that's the big thing there. Um, it was really weird that, that that happened. I think it was the end of the second. And Ryan Reeves stayed in his gear for the rest of the game, which I thought was really weird. But, I mean, what's your call, buddy? The Tiger. Yeah, great, great, absolute fantastic you know, a contribution to the game Ryan Reeves makes, but for the other team. God damn it. I can't wait for them to win, and then, like, everyone tries to get Ryan Reeves, and we all take a few years back in the, the progression of the game, though. Uh, we talked about it a little earlier, but there's been no confirmation in regards to families being able to come into the bubble for the conference finals. Now, I think game one will be in Toronto for the no. Eastern Conference. No, they said no on that? No, I thought because... Te- they're both flying to Edmonton today. 
Okay. Or Tampa went, or Tampa got there yesterday, and New York New York is uh, today. No, there was just word of it because they said like if something got delayed, it it, it depended on um, it depended on if New York won. Because remember, there were all the series were like th- there was three series that were at three to one. Yes. And then they all got extended to seven. So the worry was if one of those teams wins, like if the East, if the Islanders won in five, then what would you do? Because you still have all those teams in Edmonton. Then they would play in Toronto for a game and then fly to fly to Edmonton. God damn it! I hate this league. Um, but. So we there's no nothing set in stone for families because the, the issue is um, they're all American teams in the finals. Yeah. Um, so I think Chris Johnson said the only sort of thing they know for sure is if you have family around in Edmonton, it'd be easier. Like I imagine Ryan Reeves, I believe I, I, he has family in Winnipeg, so I imagine it wouldn't be <laughs> difficult to get them. But but you know, like everyone else, like you're gonna have to bring them from Dallas, you know, yeah, Vegas. Yeah. Tampa and Florida. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot different from the NBA uh, approach to things. Because at first, I was looking at that as the model of how would they be able to bring some family into the bubble. But yeah, like I was reading that too about how you know you factor in the Canadian um, the, angle the 50, to this. The 15 Canadian families yeah. that they have to bring in. Well, yeah. yeah. Like so I, it, it's an interesting debate whether they should allow it or not, simply because I think there's a lot of, like you look at what Nick Nurse said. I don't know if you guys saw what Nick Nurse said because there's, there was uh, the Denver Nuggets head coach had come out and said, was, was complaining about the NBA's policy on coaches bringing their family in because it only, the only families at that point that were allowed were players. And Nick Nurse is like, even if the play, even if coach, coaches families were allowed i wouldn't bring my family in like i don't think that's the environment i want for my kids yeah i mean the thing about this time of year is for for mainly basketball and hockey fans this is the off season so it's when they would plan their wedding it's when they normally like plan to have like when their kids are expected so you're gonna have a lot of you know, Jeff Petrie, I think, has three young kids. Do you really want to put – if the Habs – and sorry, like, I don't know the situation of the family of every single player in the NHL. So I'm just Yeah, come on, Adam. How do you yeah. not know the situation of over how many players? we got to find those notes. Next 700 episode. players. How do you but, know? Like, I think – okay, we'll say – no, no, because the Flyers got eliminated. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't – That's a, that's a funny thing. Like, it might be something later on. People are like, hey, are you a real fan of this guy? Or how many kids does he yeah. have? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> It's weird. I'm like, what are they expecting their fourth? Let me make this very clear. I don't look it up. I just see the Habs put like videos of like like the Petrie family, know, like kids celebrating like a Panthers going for the month. <laughs> okay. yeah. um, but you know, like you have to imagine if you are like that and you have young children and your yeah. your poor wife, do you want to stick your poor partner with young children in a hotel like bubble situation? For and like, let's say it's like two weeks for the conference finals, two weeks for the cup. Really want to do nearly a month of your poor family just being stuck there? No, no. no. your kids are going to hate it. Your wife's going to probably hate you by the end of it. I think the thing right now, I believe, is that they need to discuss with the Canadian government, like the federal government. That is my Daniel. understanding. Daniel, you're taking all this. 
just leave it as it is. <clears throat> I think like even when the NBA was able to do it really well, I was still kind of on the fence about that. I think the way things are, you know, the uncertainty of the border and, you know, really the uncertainty of everything else with the cases, I think, you know, you have a good thing going. Just don't tinker. Don't tinker mm-hmm. it. Just, you know, finish. Finish the playoffs. That's true. Um, before we go, I found this picture. And it's after the podium celebration, and it's just Pierre Gasly reflecting. Yeah, that's a winner. Contemplative guy, I like him. I love him so much. Oh my god! Suck it, Red Bull. Suck it. Oh no, guys! Max Domi has not asked for a trade. No, I wasn't asking this question, but it was made very clear on headlines that he did not ask for a trade. Now, there's two sides of this. First of all, when you play in Montreal, not only do you have a chance to play for the for the Habs, you get to live in Montreal. It's a really bitch. Uh, I should. I swore. That's okay. No, you, just okay? keep going. Just keep going. Keep going. All right. Um, like you get the chance to live in Montreal. It's a great city, and that. So off like the base of this. He's had his best like parts of his career in Montreal. I completely understand why he wouldn't ask for a trade. But let's be 100% honest here. He's not going to demand it publicly. Yeah. Like, like, the future of Domi has already been set in stone by the fact that Deneau's already complaining about his role. The two young centermen are there. Domi, when he did get to play center, was in the bottom six role mainly in the playoffs. Yeah. And they called Julian said, we see him as a center. Like, uh, and the fact that the point was made to say that he doesn't have, that has not asked for a trade on hockey night in Canada says something. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. reports don't come out for nothing. And like, Ferris knew exactly what he was doing, which oh. is the games have already started. Like, the, like, if you're not, like, if you don't are familiar with, like, player negotiations and that, I'm sure you're thinking I'm insane. But, like, it, 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 it started. It started with Domian. He's so gone. The writing's but, on the wall, guys. See, the, I think so, too. That, that's the, that's <laughs> the thing, though. The, yeah. the writing's already on the wall. So what's the, what's the advantage of him? I, I don't see where the advantage comes for Ferris when he says, I, I'm not asking for a trade whereas I'm not like versus I'm not asking like I'm asking for a trade versus I'm not asking for a trade I don't see where the advantage comes if anything everyone knows like let's not like let's not be let's not be crazy here we all know Max Domi is being traded it, even if he didn't have Darren Ferris it just doesn't seem like he's fitting the Montreal Canadiens plans Mm-hmm. It literally took Claude Julian not being the coach for him to get into the top six. Well, no, a pair of angles have reported that those light of changes were already in Julian. Like they were, oh, okay. Julian and that worked very much together. Okay, either yes, way, but he we, wasn't even a centerman when it came. But we know, we right know, right. we know that Domi's being traded either way. Yes, I think Ferris like, or not Ferris. Or uh, Pat Brisson, it, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So I, th- I don't see where the advantage comes in and saying he's I didn't ask for a trade versus I asked for a trade. I think it's just 
you know, they're just trying to have good business in a way. You know, I know that we already kind of know that he's going to get traded, but I don't know. Just try to have an edge in negotiations with things. I know that, you know, he's a good player. He may be wanted from other teams, but it's just, you know, try to keep things cordial in a way. Yeah. Because I, I don't see him in the future plans. We've talked about this before where I don't, you know, when the Habs, you know, inevitably, inevitably going to rise again, I think that he just doesn't fit in that lineup anymore. And maybe it's just an asset management thing. Like, you know, this has happened before. I remember when, uh, like, Scott Boris, who's basically the Darren Ferris of the MLB, yeah. like, came out and said, you know, Bryce Harper's interested in, like, staying with the Washington Nationals, like, up until the end. And then he just maximized his value by going to the Phillies when he just waited in the offseason. And mm-hmm. I think this is the same strategic thing. Like, you know, the guy's good as gone. But, you know, there's still that glimpse of hope that they hold on to him. So they kind of keep things, you know, in the best interest for the player, but not for the team, I think. I, I think, I genuinely think that Max Domi wants to be a hap. It's just he doesn't have a spot anymore. And, and what I can see it is, is when this trade does happen, if it does, fine, I'll say if, even though it's going to happen, there is the, you can see the tweets now, Max didn't want to leave. The Habs traded Max Domi. He didn't want to leave. Yeah. I can see the headlines already. And I mean, of course there's interest. I was listening to the Support Athletique, or the Support Athletic, sorry, it's, it goes in French and English. And like, and, and Marc Antoine Gotten and Arpan Basu were saying, like, there is interest in Domi. People see the guy as a second line center. They see the production he had for that 28 goal year. You know, they, they, there are going to be suitors for a guy like Max Domi. Minnesota need a center. Like, nobody's business with the loss of Mika Quaver. And, and just, I, I see the plays, and it's getting just so frustrating. It's, it's, the floodgates are starting, guys. The floodgates have opened. And just get him out of here before things turn too ugly, please. I love you, Max, though. I just – I don't see it happening. Doesn't – anything else we want to say on this front or shall we move on? Maybe if he was a long-term left winger, then maybe something could have happened. Nah, maybe. but even even at that, like, yeah. there's so many – like, we've talked about it. Montreal has forward, forward prospects. If like, he was a right winger, I'd say maybe a different story. But I mean, yeah, like you think I'm thinking of wingers right off the top. I'm like, man, Jesse Yalonin's probably expected to be in the Habs lineup like sooner rather than later. I mean, it, who knows what happens to Tomas Star? But you got guys like Lekkinen and that. I mean, they're they're the guy's just lost. It, unfortunately, he's he's lost the spot um and he's better than a fourth line center and the third line center he is it's just um the guy he's just he's lost his spot again well guys we do know this though um because we don't know where Domi's gonna go we don't know what's gonna happen next in this darren ferens sort of story here but i guess we should ask about what's next for a certain group of teams we're going to talk a bit about the bruins you know tory krugs neil chara all that sort of stuff. But I want to ask you now, we'll, we'll take a quick look at all the other teams that did not qualify for the conference finals. We'll start with Philly. Um, I mean, they are getting older by the Flyers. They do have a goalie. They have a very good goalie yep. who's very young, which is always fortunate. 
Uh, Kevin Hayes, I think even if he's like 40, 50-point guy in the regular season, was arguably their best forward in that series or in the playoffs, really. I mean, what do we think is next for Philly? I'll start with you, Daniel. Um, I think that it has to be minor tinkering right now. They don't have the cap space, and they don't really have anyone except Justin Braun coming off the books this year. So, you know, we're not going to see a move like, you know, the Kevin Hayes signing this time, but they got to do something about that aging core, you know, make the most out of, you know, the rise of Carter Hart, I think. You know, the defense, I I think it's still pretty solid. Like, Sean Gotts fair for whatever you say about him, I think he could bounce back. Um, they have solid depth guys. Like, I really like Robert Haig, Travis Sandheim, and uh, Sandheim, sorry, <clears throat> and Philip Myers, you know, like, not only – are these solid rule junior guys, <laughs> but um, they're guys that could elevate the team. Like, you know, defensively they were okay. They had the big guys like Provorov doing what he can, but you know, to make that solid, they could keep going. But you know, in terms of their forwards, it's the same story. You have these guys who are being paid a lot. You need them to perform when it matters. Closure, ladies and gentlemen, Alex. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, like I, I don't think there's major things that are going to happen. Like I think the biggest thing that happens to this team is probably that Shane Gostaspear is traded. And I know he's another guy that everyone talks about being on the block. Like he's like Rasmus Ristolainen. and this guy's been on the block yeah. for how many years? But I, I do think that they, they should, they might have to free up some cap space. Like... Right now they have eight point nine million in in cap space. They have to bring resign put Nolan Patrick. They have to resign Robert Haig and Philip Myers. And then there's a couple guys like Grant, Pitlick, and Thompson are your three RFAs. I are your three UFAs on forward. Like are you bringing every single one of them back? Probably not. Yeah. Like, I think there's guys in the minors who maybe next year could potentially fill some spots, but I do think they look at maybe bringing in some more scoring. It's just because the, t- the issue is, is do you make a decision based off of the playoffs or do you make a decision looking at the entire year as a whole? Because as soon as the round robin ended, it just seemed like half the team disappeared and they had a really good regular season. So are you going to use the, the round one and round two of the playoffs as your basis to make major changes to the team? I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So if anything, I think like Daniel said, there's going to be minor tweaks. I don't think there's going to be anything that major. Yeah, and good yeah, good point about the forwards. Like I forgot about like German Rubsoff and Morgan Frost. These are guys that could probably yeah. step yeah. in soon and make something. Absolutely. Man, their buyout history is weird. Yeah. You got Andrew McDonald, Schlemko still there, Ilya Brzgalov at zero dollars. Ilya Brzgalov. I'm gonna ask each of you about one player and you tell me what happens to them. Alex, what happens with Brian Elliott? Solid backup goal. He's thirty five though and he's a UFA. Two million dollars he makes. I, I do think they definitely look at re signing him. I, I, I do like the the mark the goalie market this year is so deep. Mm-hmm. Like it's probably the deepest in 
many, many years. And I think there's many goalies who they can bring in as, as a backup. Is a matter of do they trust Brian Elliott? Like, I don't necessarily think his regular season was the greatest. No. Then, then, then what do you do at that point? Like, I think over the last few years, it's kind of been okay. Like, I think he's been a, in the last two years he's been in Philadelphia have been, oh, good, pretty, like, good for a backup. But I do think you might want to revisit that position. Daniel, we talked a bit about this guy last, um, last episode. Gene, yeah, sorry, James Van Riemsdyk. What goes on there? You know, I still love the guy, uh, but that's a lot of term for a player that, you know, he's already in his 30s. Mm-hmm. I think he still plays the game pretty well. Um, every time I, like, I know it's hard to gauge because, like, you know, like sometimes he shows a lot more skill than, like, that power forward type of guy that, you know, he was advertised to become. But I think he's still a really, you know, sought-after commodity on a lot of teams. Like, he could oh. play that top six. You know, the cap hit right now is not too bad. What? You know, for maybe, like, the next year or two. But, like, you know, once you get into, like, 2021, 22, that's when it becomes an issue. I know he has four more years left. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think if Philly decides that, you know, it's time to kind of move on from that experiment, I think they have to really retain salary. And I think it's going to be maybe in the 30 or the 40% or even the 50%. A buyout doesn't look terrible. It's 2.7 for the first two years. Year three would be 4.7, then 1.7 after that. But, um, I mean, hey, there's options to do there. Uh, next team. Plus, they have to pay Sean Couturier. You know, he's still on that 4.33. And 4. Carter 3. Yeah. And Carter Hart. I, like, yeah, Sean Couturier is a worry, but I'm more worried about paying Carter Hart. Oh, I, I put them level because it's a starting goalie. And your number one center. That is well, um, absolutely. But Carter Hart, think about the raise that Carter Hart is going to get. Yeah, he's going to make a lot of money. He's going to make a lot of money. Is Katrina thing like out next year? How much longer do he have in his deal? He has two years after this year. Oh, that's such a good contract. I have like I have this feeling that Carter Hart, the market for Carter Hart is going to be set this summer. Because the goalie market is so deep. Like you look he's gonna look at what Leonard makes. He's gonna unless he can prove he, he deserves like I don't think he he makes an, an Andre Vasilevsky type money. Like I don't think that's just the case. No. I agree with that. Um mm-hmm. if anything, it's smarter for him to take a bridge deal than it is to take a long term deal. I still like I love the guy, but I still think He's still in a prove me stage. Really? Yeah. You never know what goal. Because remember what happened with Steve Mason, or remember what happened with Rick DiPietro? Yeah, like or Steve, like yeah, like these guys that you know they had the good runs and then things just kind of just dried up once you got the extensions. All right, um, we have a few more teams to talk about, so we'll move on from Philly. All right, let's just have this. Let's ask, let's ask this question now. Uh, Mark Summer Demko. Oh. Mikey DiPietro. It is amazing that, first of all, can we just, can we agree that the Canucks had no right being in the second round? Oh, absolutely. Because, my dear God, did they just get manhandled. And those shots in game seven. (laughs) Man. 
Yeah. They had like eight shots at one point in the third after two periods and a five-minute major. I mean, like, come on. I had no excuses there. Yeah. No, that was uh, – it, it, Vegas's defensive game was incredible. Mark Stone for Selkie, question mark. Oh, he was so good. I don't he was not a finalist. Oh my God, that man was on a mission. I, uh, oh, go on, go on. No, I just don't see how he's not a finalist for the Selkie. Like, that guy is incredible. Incredible. So, we've talked about the cap situation of the Canucks a ton, though. And, and I just, I, I don't know if you take the risk on, like, of course, Demko's had the potential. Everyone's talked about this guy for years and years and years. No, I, I just wonder. You got to be careful with Markstrom because he is thirty, and like, that's such a like a, a rough time for goalies. I just wonder what you do now, because like their cap situation is still a freaking mess. Or, like their defense, like like let's be honest, they're gonna lose. I would say at least two guys here. Um, like they love to fold. I mean, the only way like they could possibly make this work is, and I'm not saying this is what you do, but there was that rumor about Brock Brock Besser going. Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) Yes, please do that. Don't trade Brock Besser. For Max Domi, a second. Stop. We'll do that. So what what do you guys think is the number one priority for these Canucks, and why is it figuring out goaltending? Because I – yeah, go go ahead, Dan. Because I don't think it's as simple as just like – you either sign Markstrom. I mean, like it's such a freaking yeah. mess. Okay, for me, what I kind of think is we we talked about it before that the Canucks looked like they didn't deserve to, or they had no right being in the second round. And the way I see it is that they have a young, a lot of young guys that they still need to re-sign. And I think you go with the younger, cheaper option. I don't think they re-sign Jakub Markstrom because I think he's at a point where you know he realizes he's thirty. He knows he could be an all-star, and I don't think he's going to just settle for, like, a three-year deal. He wants, like, the one last big contract of his career, and I don't think the Canucks could afford to give him that. Yeah. And no, I think exactly there's it. there's room for improvement, too. Like, if Thatcher Demko proves that he's not – he could play, like, you know, 50, 60 games a season, that's okay. You still have, you know, you still have movement with the cap to try to fix that. You just – I'm looking at some of their cap hits to try and, like, like screw something together here. And, I mean, it's – like, the buy the, – um, the capper captures are, is obviously just such a mess. They still have another year after this at the Ryan Spooner buyout. I didn't even know there was a Ryan Spooner buyout on this. Yeah. You still got Sven Barchi for some reason who you just seem to hate and you can't get rid of. You like Josh Levo, but he's probably gone because otherwise you just, you're, you're literally scrapping – like to, you're counting your pennies here to put it all together. Oh, one point and two, um, based on cap friendly, that if they sign Demko instead of giving Markstrom that huge contract, you could really wait out the Jay Beagle, Anton Roussel, Louis Erickson contracts that just expire. Yeah. So the, the 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 funny thing about this is is we're gonna have the same question next season. Thatcher Demko is an RFA at the end of next year. Yes. And he's making a million dollars or a million dollars, 50,000. 
I think there's more like without the fact that he's an RFA, there's gonna be more leeway with that. Like you know, Mark, you know, he has that. You know, give me the money now in the term, or I'm gone. Like I, I look at this team, and I think th- there's one guy, or I think there's two guys, if I'm being honest, that stand out to me. That that one, one of them is Tanner Pearson. I think that guy has created a market for himself, and if he want, if the Canucks need to trade someone they're able to get that money off the books and that's 3.75 million dollars right now or next like for next year now the question is is there an issue for next season or is it the season after season after because right? then it, yeah because then it's patterson which is usually- patterson hughes and demko all at once uh, and and I guess let's go back to Adam's original question, Demko or Markstrom. And funny enough, I don't actually have an answer for you because there's two things. I guess there's two things you have to take into consideration. Number one, his cap hit, obviously. I think Daniel pretty much said it all for me in terms of, listen, the, this guy's going to want big money. I don't think there's a Bobrovsky contract waiting for him. I don't think there's a Bobrovsky contract waiting for anybody on the market right now. No, um, but I think there's gonna be some big contracts handed out. I don't think Vancouver's willing to 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 put out a contract like that, considering the flat cap, and considering they have to sign these guys at the end of next year. The second thing is, are you willing to lose? If you sign Markstrom, are you willing to lose one of them? at the end of next season when the expansion draft happens. And at that point, I'd imagine Demko's the one who's going to be exposed. Or you trade him beforehand. But I, I don't know if that's going to be the case. Like, I'd imagine he's going to end up being exposed. Yeah. And even if you do somehow like trade him, then you know the goalie, you then have to bring in the goalie. Who will right. basically know that he is there to be, you know, going exposed to uh, to Seattle. Yeah. So cap issues, cap issues, cap issues. Um, plenty of drama around the goalies. Um, Vancouver got rid of their first last year to get a good player. They might have to give up another first to move a bad deal or two. Um, this is a good team in a much better position, and I'm not over the fact that they've been eliminated here. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one question, um, and I think there is only one thing that, that Colorado needs to figure out this year. They have the defense. They have the offense. Like, let's not even touch that stuff. Uh, what goalie are they going after? That's, that's the question. Who's their goalie? Sorry, Listen. Drew Bauer, but you are, you are the 1B again. <laughs> well, here's, here's where the issue comes. I think they're going to choose one of Drew Bauer or Francis as their – as their one B. Now my question is, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you just signed Pavel Francouz to a two-year contract extension at two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Grubauer has one year left at three point three three million dollars. Mm-hmm. Like someone has to be traded. Like one of them has to be traded, and you go out and make a signing, or right? tra- or because apparently they were in the mat. They're in. They they are one of the teams who have put a offer out for Matt Murray. Okay, 
But I don't see why a goalie would be going the other way on the Matt Murray trade. Uh, I, I, true. You have yeah. case. You have Casey DeSmith. I'm mm-hmm. like you, and I know. I guess that's a similar situation to the Phoenix Copley in in Washington, and that's for another episode. But they have a, another goalie there. Like I, I do think you make another. You make a trade to get rid of one of these goalies, and then go out and sign someone. That's the only reason. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Do you think they're how urgent do you think it is for them to make this move, Daniel? Because and and uh, another aspect if we look at the Jake Allen trade is it's getting ahead of the, the goalie market mm-hmm. because at some point you know that like there's going to be an odd man out. So if there is a trade, and I'd agree with you there, and like I, I also I feel bad for Frank Francis because like I think he really earned that deal in in the regular season and then just sort of fell apart. Um, when it came to... Um, he looked pretty uh, inexperienced out there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he didn't look great. Um, oh, but I, then, but the only the issue is, Grubauer is a UFA after next year. Right. So they need another contract, another like goalie with term to expose for, for Seattle. And has Grubauer really like earned that spot? Because in Washington, he had the chance to be the starter, lost it. Yeah, he was hurt, but he still wasn't lights out during the regular. I still think it was there was questions around him, but I mean, I'll, but I'll, I'll go a bit too much there. But Daniel, how like urgency do you think there is to really make a goaltending move? I think that yeah, it really showed their weakness with this. That honestly, like Francis with the term he has, I'm if they could get another goalie like Alex said without you know throwing another goalie the other way, I wouldn't mind just placing this guy on waivers. To be honest, Ooh. if you get a better... Uh, Pavel Francouz. Really? Yeah, if you get a solid goalie this regular... Like, this offseason. They have the but, room to, to mess around. It's like the Casey dismisses you. Like, this no, guy, the, we thought he was going to be the backup, and then you, they put you, him on waivers. You think that Pavel Francouz gets through waivers? I don't think so. I, I that, That's the issue. You're yeah. going to give him... Like, I, I think there's a deal to be made. Like... For Pavel Francouz, if you know that you can, you're going to trade for another guy. You have to look at what the market is for Pavel Francouz. I don't. I'm, I'm not like. I, I just think that I, maybe I'm. Just, I'm not. I'm not sold on the guy. Yeah. You can't make the deal right now because his value is at his lowest. Absolutely. Michael Hutchinson stole his job. <laughs> like that's where Pavel Francouz is right now. Again, I like him, but he just Listen. lost his job. I, and can I, I? And I'll answer if you don't mind. I'll answer your question, Adam, if you don't mind. Um, I don't think there's much urgency for Colorado to deal with their goaltending because I think they have good goaltending. It just screwed them over in the playoffs this year because both goalies went down with injuries. They put five, they put up five straight goals on uh, against Dallas. Like they can out they they are able to outscore their problems when they have to. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it necessarily benefits them to go make a huge signing during free agency. Like to be fair, they did lose that series in ten seconds. After allowing that quick, that, that was their se- that was their season gone. Ten seconds. Yeah. So, god damn it, Colorado. They're, they'll be fine at the end of it. Um, Listen, like their bottom. <laughs> you know what's crazy? You know what their bottom pairing could be next year? Like, 
Timmins and like Johnson. I don't know. Timmins and Boehm Byram. I know. There it is. Plus, we have to remember they have Shane Bowers coming out too out of the Colorado Eagles. You got to be careful though, because you can't just have two young guys on a pair. I know, I know. Oh no, he's a he's a forward. He's a forward that like. I'm sorry, I meant in like, reference. I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'll yeah. put like Ian Cole or something somewhere. And and Martin Cout, they have Martin Cout. Yeah, like I like Eric Johnson. I don't know, like I, I don't think a lot of people say that, to be honest. But I. Happens a bit too high. I like he's solid, and like when he went down, that was a big hit. Wasn't he yeah. a first overall pick? Yeah, like, 2006. Yeah, he was first overall. After that, it was Jordan Stahl and then Taves. Was that the O'Reilly trade? Is how he ended up in... Um... Eric Johnson? No, he got traded for Kevin Shattenkirk and Chris Stewart. What? Oh. Yes. Yeah, and a second-round pick, which yeah. turned into Tyra. Oh, yeah, and Jay McClemmon. We can't forget that Leafs great Jay McClemmon. <sighs> Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. From Colorado, I mean. Like, Shattenkirk was a. I might. Yeah, on. he was a Colorado pick. What? Yeah, in 2007, 14th overall. Huh. Oh, he played one season. Oh, well, good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember um, he played the Youngsters game, and I was like, oh, wow, this guy's the future of the Avalanche Blue Line, and then he gets traded. <laughs> An embarrassment of riches. They're kind of like the new, uh, the new Nashville of just getting defensemen, 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 defensemen. All right, let's quickly look at our predictions. We all said Colorado would beat uh, Dallas. What? That was a close one. It was, and then some no-name Finn ruined and broke all our hearts. The one game McKinnon doesn't get a point. The silver lining is Corey Perry. No, it's Advances. not. No, it's not. That's the worst thing. That's like being punched what? in the face. And then him falling over and the refs give him the call. It's ridiculous. I thought you would support the Ducks fans on this show. Anyway, um, we all said Tampa would beat Boston. I don't know if that was a more even keel take or if it was all of us rooting for Boston to lose. Um, But we were right. Tampa Bay move on. We all – no, sorry, actually. Alex went with Philly. Daniel and I said the New York Islanders. Uh, But I admit I went with the Islanders out of pure spite. Luckily, I was right. Um, and then we um, – I said the Canucks trying to jinx them, so I was right there. And you guys went with Vegas. So, technically, we all won there. So, we'll do a quick little preview here of the conference finals. We'll start with the East, guys. And, man, if this oh. – the- New York Islanders, led by Barry Trotz, Matt Adam, Adam, you cut out there, man. Just let oh. You know, so you... oh, my connection is unstable. What did you hear me say? I just heard the New York Islanders after, like, a huge pause. Oh, I said if there's ever been a clash of styles that the Tampa Bay Lightning have experienced, they're now seeing a, a sort of um, higher-tier level of Columbus in the New York Islanders, led by yeah. Barry Trotz. Matt Barzell, pretty good player. And Tampa are on a mission. They're back in the conference finals for the first time since 2018, I believe, against Washington, where they choked in game six and seven. Um, and then, um, I mean, yeah, guys, what do we think? How is this series going to go? We'll, we'll break it down a bit, then we'll give predictions. We'll start with you, Alex. Um, the New York Islanders. It's, screw it's, it. No, I, they're going to win. I'm going to say it right now. They're oh, going to win. Are you trying to jinx it, or do you actually want them to win? Do you want the downfall? Of hockey? Do you want the dead puck era to return? 
Okay, I think the trap system. Era. I, think, I think you're being a bit harsh with this take about how I'm most definitely it. not, Adam. There, it's a copycat league. You know it. Everyone knows it, and that's just how it works. If they win the cup, that's what's gonna happen. Okay, when ta- when the ca- Capitals won in to- in when did they win again? In 2018, after they won, everyone literally said, "We need to find an answer for Tom Wilson." Everyone, Sportsnet, TSN, Steve Simmons, the Toronto Star, the Toronto Sun, they all said, we need an answer for Steve Simmons. Yeah, well, screw the media. Even the teams were looking for it. Yeah, and they haven't done, they haven't ruined their, okay, like, hold on a minute. Everyone's like, yo, 2011 Bruins. Well, yeah, look what happened when uh, Vancouver copied them and set their franchise back to today still. If you look at- They still do it. No, no, hold on a minute. Okay, so let's look at this for a second here. The entirety of hockey itself is moving. Like this is more than just a game. Like the highest, you know, skill-based players, the best players in the world are getting younger and they're getting faster. If you're going to be idiots and go towards a defensive style, then you are going against the fabric of hockey and where it is going as itself. And the reason I'm going with the Islanders is because I think they are the best story in the playoffs right now. Okay. And I said this in a group chat. I can't remember if it was the one with you, Daniel, or the one with Mike. I don't know, I can that so here's the problem that the Islanders face is that if they win the cup, they are not the story anymore, which does suck. It becomes instantly about beliefs because but, of Tavares leaving. Yeah, where, don't, but let, let's 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 clear this up. It's not the it's not the Leafs fans' fault that it's that Toronto becomes the issue the story. No, it's no, clearly no. the Islanders' fault. No, I want to clear that because everyone yes. says it's all Toronto this and all Toronto that, and half the time it's literally the other team's fans bringing it up. I don't say garbage about other uh, half the all time right. about other teams. So, so what I mean here is, is that everyone will? I think today Tavares was trending. Because the Islanders had made it to the conference final. And, you know, t- like Sid Sixero was joking about it. Everyone knew what they were doing. So if the Islanders win the cup, it will become pure Leafs memes of they lost, they suck, and Tavares is a loser for leaving. When what the story should be, and we should all like encourage and try and promote here, is that this Islanders group that was being destroyed over the past few decades by Milbury, by Garth Snow, um, and like people can tell me about whatever those guys were like in personal they want, but like in hockey they did not do a good job. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Lou Lamorello comes in. He brings in Barry Trotz, and yes, he couldn't bring in Tavares, but you know what? And there were close calls. They almost signed Panarin. They almost lost Anders Lee, and some of the contracts are not great there now. If they win the cup, that doesn't matter. The story here should be that group lost an elite, one of the best players the Islanders have ever had. Mm-hmm. And they have rallied around that and have committed wholeheartedly to this great system. They have great goaltending. That like, entire goalie staff is amazing. And here they are in the conference finals. Is that still <laughs> the story this year, though? It was a story last year. That wasn't even a question. That, that, there's no question about it. I just think I don't think that's the story in the locker room anymore. I I still see it that way because it was like they made it past the first. They, they beat the Penguins, fantastic. Mm-hmm. But then they lost, and it was important that they keep on it and they take that next step. 
And that's what they've done. And you but know how what? does that relate back to Tavares leaving though? Because you lose, you don't, you got to realize it's not easy. Imagine if Pittsburgh lost Crosby. I just think the care, this word gets thrown around way too much in this sport, but the character shown by those guys to lose their captain and a yeah. player, the level of John Tavares who put that team on his back when they beat the Panthers a few years ago. Okay. Is incredible to me that those guys kept it. And a good few of those Islanders players played with Tavares. Bowersell was only one year, but Letty was around. Matt Martin was around. And even he left when Tavares showed up, didn't he, with Toronto? Yeah. And I think there too is just kind of like, yeah, the quality they get out of these guys that, you know, they're not Tavares level, but they've been able to kind of just fit into that system. Well, like I know I joke about it, but I think, you know, it's it's true. Brock Nelson, he's been there since 2010, and he just fits that mold of, that quality center you could put anywhere or, you know, he a forward somewhere and, yeah. you know, Pajot playing, you know, sometimes he starts on the third line, but he's still playing center. Oh yeah. Jordan Eberle, the outcast of the Islanders. There's just so many good little stories about them. And yeah, I don't, I don't want it to be about leaf captain Tavares who left. I want to make it that the Islanders captain, John Tavares left that team and they bounced back incredibly. And it's just not going to be that. And then you have Tampa, who are, like, just wicked good. I think Tampa, I, in my opinion, I think Tampa takes this. Um, yeah. I think there have been too many lessons already of them facing these types of teams that, you know, play that defensive style that I think they're experienced enough now to get around it. Like, they know how to adjust. They're not the Flyers. They actually have, you know, you know offense that shows up every night. Um, yeah, I think they could get around. They don't look like the same team as last year that lost to Columbus. No, they don't. They look like uh, they look. They looked like the sixty-two win team that played that last year. They look that dominant. They made Bo- they made Boston look silly, and I understand Boston wasn't on their on top of their game, and I understand they didn't have Tuka Rask. And I wouldn't be surprised if David Pasternak is still injured. Yeah, he's um, from the moment the playoffs started, there was just something so wrong with him. Um, here's the big question. I'm gonna and I'm gonna direct this towards you here, Alex, because I know he's on your fantasy team. Where oh where is Steven Stamkos? <laughs> Will he? Come I don't know. I'm so upset. I'm so I listen. I read. I read the reports. I heard the reports. I swear I heard he was coming back round one, and then I kept reading he was still rehabbing, still rehabbing. I'm like, damn it, just come back already. I'd like your fantasy <laughs> points, Mister Stamkos. Oh, Stephen, if they win without him, that is amazing. If they win without him, there's gonna be there's gonna be trade rumors. I guarantee yeah. it. I guarantee I, uh, I can know it. it. Will Steven Stamkos get his name on the cup? Yeah, because he yeah. played during the regular season. Okay, good. I'm happy that we, we can agree on that. Um, okay, so final predictions. Uh Daniel, you said you're in Tampa. I'll go New York. Alex, who are you gonna go with? I'll go Tampa as well. All right. I'll say six games. Alex and Daniel. Okay, Daniel, you're saying Tampa in six? Uh, I'm, uh, I think this one's going to seven. Alex says Tampa in seven? Sorry? Yeah. 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 And I'm going to say the Islanders win in six. 
Okay. I was going to say five, but I'm like, no, I don't know. Do that. All right. We'll look at the other series here, and it has to do with another sort of boring defensive team, but they've been scoring, even though if it was on a very down Hutchinson and a very down Francis versus you can make the argument as the most complete team in this playoffs. And oh boy, a shade theater good, Daniel. Vegas, Dallas, guys. How do we feel about this series? Who you go? Whoever wants to go first, go ahead. Uh, Daniel, go ahead. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with Vegas. I just love the team. Um, I think they could do this in five or six, just based on the consistency of the team. And I think that you know, under crunch time, they've kind of proved that you know they could work as a unit. Everyone's kind of doing their job. Yeah, like we talked about like Shea Theodore. He's amazing. You know, Nate Schmidt. He's there. They really form like you know, a really good structure to that lineup. And, you know, like, their goaltending, too. Like, I think that it's deeper than Dallas. You know, like, yeah, I know absolutely. we've joked about it before, but, you know, Robin Leonard, you know, he hasn't missed step. Margaret J. Fleury's ready. He's played already in the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I, it just – this team's too good. Like, you know, the nostalgia heartstrings are there for Corey Perry for me. But I really think that, you know, Dallas is playing above their level. They're not this consistent – they haven't seen it in the Sagan Ben era too much. And I think that, you know, this is a series where I think it kind of dries up now. Okay. Um, and you're saying five or six, sorry. Yeah. Give me five or six though. Let's just give it a second. I'll say five. You know, we always say six or seven. All right, Alex, your take on this series. Uh, yeah, I go, I go Vegas uh, as well. I think I'll, I'll say Vegas and six. I, I think I, and I said it on the podcast before, I think, that Vegas is the deepest forward team in in the West. I think they are the deepest goaltending, have the deepest goaltending depth in the West. And um, the only thing I think maybe Dallas has over them is defense. But I, I, I even think towards that Vegas has the better defense core than Dallas. Like I know Heiskanen and Klingberg, but but – they have lots of guys on Vegas. And I, I think you look, we talked about him earlier. Mark Stone, that guy's an absolute beast. Like they just, Vegas has all these guys, and it's just going to be punch after punch after punch after punch. And I don't know if Dallas, ha- like, yes, they've had it against David Riddick and Cam Talbot, and they've had it against uh, Pavel Francouz and Michael Hutchinson. But will they have the will they have the same punch against Robin Leonard? Mm-hmm. I don't know if the answer is yes, and therefore my answer is the Las Vegas Golden Knights. All right, I'm gonna buy a hat for them if they win. I can I can tell that Adam's just gonna say Dallas. I just have this gonna weird do. feeling he's gonna say Dallas because I can tell by the smirk on his face. That or another trade happened mid-episode. I don't know. No, no. Guys, there's only one thing I have to say to you guys. Yoel Kivaranta is 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 real. I'm going to say he's kind of like Ryan Paling. He's just like, hey. And he's never going to do anything ever again. Watch. No. Um, oh, that's that's so reason. condescending. <laughs> he's not. He eliminated the McKinnon. I won't have it. Um, I'm going to go with Dallas. Wow. The reason I'm going to go with Dallas is this. I don't want Pacioretty to win a cup. That's oh, okay. I I love Leonard, but man, I just don't. 
This is I a weird dynamic of things. I remember 2006 conference finals. The Oilers eliminated the last Mighty Ducks team. I remember that. And I, I never, I vowed to never be a Chris Bronger fan until next season. Um, but what happened there was like, I don't know. I could never go for Edmonton after that. Like I, ever since that moment in my childhood, I have never gone for the Oilers. So I'm surprised that you're going for Dallas after they eliminated Colorado. Well, it's not like they eliminated Montreal. It's a bit different. I just don't want like it's annoying to see Patrick play well in playoffs because it's like man you never did that for Montreal. So I just laughing at the hanger. I'm going to put it in your shirt. It's another one piece. If you guys want to see this quality content of the hanger and the shirt, please check the YouTube channel. Yeah, why not? It's another one piece shirt. And then go go watch Monza. Go watch the Italian. I'm going to rewatch it when we're done because that was mint. Like absolute mint. So, Adam, how many games for Dallas? Seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah. And, um, um, and I'm going to say that the game-winning goal in game seven is going to go to Jamie Benn because I consistently say he's overrated. So that's going to wow. happen. And it's going to be the most beautiful goal you've ever seen. That's it. Okay. No. Okay. okay. Daniel, you did a really good job of doing the outro. Wait, 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 before we go, Adam, why won't the rat, why won't the Celtics win in six? Man, I'll tell you. My, the newfound love of basketball. I know. Are we going to make this the, the, the preview? Well, Guys, as I am a basketball expert and I know I know what a triple double is, here's what I'm going to tell you guys. What is a triple double? Why I don't know? know. What oh. is it? Oh, what's a triple double? Okay, so you know how they have stat lines. Yeah. Okay, so if you get ten, you get ten or more in three stat lines. I think generally it's like points, assists, assists, rebounds, or blocks, rebounds, blocks, steals. Oh, okay. Triple double. A triple double. A double. Yeah. You get a double in three separate categories. Okay, sure. Yeah, Makes I sense. trust that. Okay, so here's why the Celtics are not going to win this year. Okay. He's because changed. the Raptors are man. They have character. Oh, okay. Listen, they are. Should I just say what my tweet was last night? Go ahead. So. Like some league, some Toronto-based sports teams would let the you know fold under the pressure of a two-nothing series deficit, but the Raptors luckily are not the Leafs. But then Alex very much corrected me and said no, the Leafs would go up and then give hope to their fans right. to only choke it away. Exactly. Um, how do you say his name? OG and Anube. And an OG and Anobi. OG and Anobi. Yeah. He's yes. good. Siakam was sinking threes when I was watching. Kyle Lowry is. The best. I mean, like, who did the, the Celtics have? That Tatum guy? I heard he's I. He's good. Kemba, Kemba Walker. He's a that, rising star, Jason Tatum. Yeah, well, he's no Pascal. So suck it. And then, like, I like I was like, hey, lads, I'm just going to give my serious prediction because Donald gave a random hockey one. And I'm like, yo, the Clippers. And I didn't even know. Like, I forgot that that's where Kawhi was. Yeah. And then, like, Will sent me some stats. Like, oh. 
It's probably not the prediction to make. As Sometimes I, I feel like we throw names out here. They're like, yeah, you know, Will, Donald, Mike. Oh, yeah. And then we never really introduced, like, we never introduced Donald to the show. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure we, we've talked about Donald on the show. He, he goes we? for our program, and he's also, uh, he does the eye-opener stuff. I think he also yeah. does, like, the airball.com stuff with Donald, sorry, with Will as well. I believe um, so. Yeah, and he said Vegas were going to win the cup because they had a really cool name. And it's a gets it, I guess. Well, at this point, it's twenty five percent, so that's not bad. That's yeah. true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Right. So the Celtics um, won't win because they don't have character, is what you're saying? Yeah, I'm also, a real hockey. Just, to, just to be clear, that's that's the that's where we're going. Also, I'm really annoyed with Marcus Smart. I don't know. Who? Marcus, Marcus Smart. Smart. It's just so many. He's like the Brad Marchand he's right the now. Starting shooting guard. Oh, I thought you were gonna say like okay. Um, like he's like no, he chirps everybody. He like tries to draw fouls. By the way, talks, no, 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 but he doesn't show know. it. Milwaukee are gonna get swept. By the way, and Giannis is coming back. It's not coming. Hey, back. He's, he's coming. coming home. To the Raptors. He is. Oh, oh. I was really funny. I was watching. It was like the TNT. Excuse me, TNT broadcast. And I was like, someone asked. Like, oh, what do you think of these spots that were, like, like passable landing spots for Giannis? And one of the things were Toronto. Yeah. And one of the commentators were just like, I don't know if this is agents or something, but I don't hear any validity of this. And I was like, man. I they don't like Toronto. Person. No, I, it's so I weird. Forever an underdog. Wait, it tell me. Okay, you watched the TNT. That's the one with Shaq, um, Charles, Charles Barkley. I- and what Kenny. was even going on on that broadcast? What was the uh, who's the other basketball guy? Why is his name coming to me? Is Kenny Smith on that one as well? Sounds familiar. Yeah, Kenny the Jet I watched, Smith. I think like Shaq was there, but I don't remember seeing Charles Barkley. Okay, Maybe so was, they had a the, really big screen behind them. There's no, there's no way. Oh, Ernie Hawk, Johnson. Ernie Johnson. There's no way hockey could ever have something like that like that's by far the coolest thing ever. like that that show is so much cooler than anything hockey has ever produced Wait, if they have to do a panel and they have someone like Shaq they have Zdeno Chara on the panel someone with some actual like personality I love Kevin Bieksa yeah. Ke- Kevin Bieksa and Anthony Stewart I love those guys you know who's but, underrated okay, but they don't have no Shaq they don't got no Shaq okay you know who's actually really underrated in interviews, and like I could see him on a talk show, Chris Pronger. <laughs> He's really good. Like luxury airline stuff. I know, but like when out. like I Wasn't just he... listened, I recently heard him on um, PK Subban's podcast, yeah. and he's amazing. He's like an amazing interviewee. You know who needs to be on an unfiltered podcast? Scott Gomez. <laughs> Have you ever listened to an interview of that guy? Oh no. my god, it is. Spectacular! It's crazy. He was a Lula Morello pick too. I'm like, it's amazing. He brought the guy back three times at New Jersey. You should hear the. You should hear the story of when he asked for a trade. Oh, you think Lamorello just sucks the personality from his players, and he just he'll never die because it keeps him alive. I think so. I mean, he, just, he has these expectations that I think it's like you know it's well respected, like you know the high numbers. Or the mustache. You're not allowed to have high numbers. You're not allowed to have facial hair. You're not okay, allowed. Okay, Lou. You're not allowed to accept a contract of your market value. My bad. My <laughs> bad, Lou. <laughs> you know what? I actually I know <sighs> people are kind of silly. There's some stuff with Lou I don't agree with, 
But I really like, like, I don't know why it is. Because I had to, I couldn't stand watching that TNT broadcast. Maybe I'm a sucker for this kind of stuff. And you guys know me. Like, I, I don't give a crap about the hits and that. I like my skill. But I just really like the look of a nice, clean cut, clean shave, nice suit kind of look. You know what? It's just, yeah, I do. It's just me. I just really like that stuff. Like, I love listening to, you know, Ron McClain. I love, I love Elliot. I don't yeah, like, I mean, no, like not, not quarantine Elliot you know, at the beginning. So not, you don't like sp- so you don't like spin chicklets. No, yeah. I I can only listen to them for like I can't really do it. Like listen, I'm not like making fun of them. Like great success. I I'm so happy for you. It's just not my cup of tea. It's not your brand. Yeah. No, it's not. I just I like my like I would ten out of ten love to talk about blue ice with Jeff Merrick than watch Shaq eat a spicy chip. That's just me, though. It's just that's what I like in my sports. Like, and you like Stewart a lot more than I do, because I, no, I, I think Stewie is not bad. No, it's just, it, just it's not it's not it's not that. I just think he has so much more personality than so many other guys on a on a broadcast. You know who I like on that on on Sportsnet a lot, but like mm-hmm. I go back and forth, and then I remember he's just such a genuine person. I I like Kelly Rudy. So, like, when you make a bigger deal of somebody patting a goalie on the head than someone getting their jaw broken, I get a little annoyed with you. It's a goalie thing, though. You know it's a goalie yeah. union thing. You know the secret goalie union? Have you never – you haven't heard of that? Oh, you sucked in the 90s, bro. It's a different game. Ah, uh, I don't know about yeah, that. How was 1993? Yeah, you lost. Suck it. I like you, Kelly. He did a lot so I, of that's like, why do you keep saying like, that on this episode? I don't know no, if he sucked. No, I, I like Kelly a lot. He does a lot of mental health stuff. He's really cool. It's just, you know, he patted him on the head. Mm-hmm. Who cares? The goalie union, man. I know. You're not allowed to bash goalies, okay? Just part of the union. <laughs> no. I just Carey Price got patted on the head. Man, no, that's a different story. Do you want to imagine what Shea Weber would do to someone who touched Price like that? They would die. He'd break their bone. He would. Shea Weber would not hold back. I remember, like, 2006, Ryan Smith did something where, like, he put his glove on Jaguar's, like, on the cage when uh, he iced the puck already. And then it was, like, Jaguar that, like, himself is the one who, like, went after Ryan Smith. Goalies are weird, man. They are the weirdest things ever. Like they I like find me a position in sports that is more strange than a goalie. Oh, pitchers. Are they? Yeah, they're playing like like their rituals and uh it's just like they just do some weird stuff. Sounds like a goalie. Yeah. All right. All right. Well guys, this was a good episode. Yeah. You can do the outro. Yeah. Well, if you enjoyed this, please check it out on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. Um, check out our social media. You know we're fun. We promise. We have random threads on Twitter now, apparently. So, but it's really encouraging me to be more active on that now. You know, I'm not just liking or retweeting anymore. Um, yeah, check out Adam's own videos. Um, check out Alex's own. Was it the his blog? Oh yeah. You know, still still going on. I like the content. Um, thank you for the follow back, and you know. <laughs>
yeah, we love our listeners. We hope to expand this more. You know, we're all going back to school soon, so we're gonna have to figure out a new schedule, or no. you know, maybe stick a new one. You know, uh, yeah. I know I'm the one that's still kind of <laughs> holding out. Hey, the, uh, scheduling. if anyone from uh, Ryerson Administration is uh, just happening to be listening to this podcast, can you give Daniel his schedule? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, your schedule's hilarious. If you're someone from the Ryersonian listening to this podcast, give Daniel a schedule. Please. Yo, by the way, listeners, next episode's my last one for like a few weeks. So, so you're stuck with Daniel and I. That's pretty much what he's saying. Yeah, Maybe lads will bring Mike in. I don't know. Bring Mike. I don't yeah, know. Bring us. Donald. Like I said, next time Mike is on six-hour episode, baby. Oh, we'll bring oh. Vegas Golden Knight fanatic Donald. Maybe. <laughs> We really need to get Donald and Will on. Like, just we need to. One day, what we should try and do is just get all five of us, and just it would be a complete crapshoot. Like, it would. Yeah, we're all gonna like interrupt each other. Oh yeah. And you, I just want Will and 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 I really want Will and Mike to just have a back and forth. Mm-hmm. I feel like we could single-handedly ruin the eye-opening space. Wow. <laughs> I can just see Mike saying something and then that's just and then it's just back and forth Mm -hmm. I don't want to set the world on fire guys I kind of do no guys this was fun we'll have another episode we'll make Adam's last episode before he has to go away for a bit a fun one we'll We'll try we'll do it We'll, we'll make it fun I will be back. They're not all yelling me. They're not bringing me behind. No, no, no. We're bringing you back. Don't worry. It's like Robocop. What? It's like Robocop. I'm not Arnie. You ruined the Mr. Freeze character. No, Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't Robocop. He's Terminator. Yeah. Come on. I'm like, what? Anyways, to our listeners, we love you. Um, If you haven't subscribed already, please. If you did not leave us five stars, please tell us why, and we'll try to improve it. Thanks.